I'm Andrew McNulty. Welcome to the Rise podcast series. For the last 25 years, I've met the best guys and girls around the world in regard to resilience, well-being, and leadership. I've been educated by them, coached by them, inspired by them, and certainly I've learned a huge amount by spending time with them. In this podcast series, you're going to get a download from those people. I hope you get educated. I hope you get motivated. I hope you get inspired. And yes, I hope you get activated to doing things differently in terms of your resilience, your well-being, and your leadership through adversity. Now more than ever, we as leaders in our own homes, in our own communities, in our teams, in our organizations, in our global companies, or in our small companies, we need to be more resilient. We need to become better leaders, and we need to rise higher. I'm extremely excited about today's podcast. I first met this gentleman in 2014 in Haiti in Port-au-Prince. I was introduced to him by some of the ladies and gentlemen in DigiCell. We were doing a big event around inspiring and educating and motivating 1,200 people to raise the bar in what they do in personal life and professional life. And they asked me, would it be okay that one of the famous Haitian actors and comedians joined us and did part of the session? Of course, I was excited about that, but I met him and I remember meeting this gentleman and he had a, a very kind, quiet demeanor, very humble demeanor and a little soft handshake. And I thought, this, they're telling me this man is the best comedian in the whole Haitian let's say, diaspora around the world. They're telling me he's this unbelievable actor. Of course, I hadn't heard about him much in Ireland. And then I met him and he was very quiet and soft and he was very humble and curing. And I thought, how could this man possibly be an amazing performer on stage? And how could he possibly get 1,500 people rocking? The next day, we had a session in front of 1,500 people. And this gentleman, Jack Bourgeois, his stage name is Kako Bourgeois. He completely rocked the audience. He had them dancing with joy and laughter. And he had them all eating out of his hands in terms of the fun and the energy. And it was all good, clean comedy. He entertained them. He inspired them. They were crying with tears, literally. In 2014, and since then, myself and Kako Bourgeois have struck up a very good relationship. And one of the big reasons for that is he runs a charity called Kako's Kids. And all the time and effort and money that he's gained in his incredible background as an actor and comedian, he now puts into the children in Port-au-Prince, making an impact on their lives. Kako Bourgeois, we're most honored and we're most inspired to have you on the rise higher podcast. You're most welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you so much, Enda, for that, you know, that presentation. And I'm very humbled to hear those uh, words. I'm very humbled to be on your podcast. And uh, yo, <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm really, I'm really touched. And uh, you make me 
remember that day. It was it was amazing that day. It was that day that we had a moment, and uh, and uh, I don't know if it's the introduction, the job that you did, the expectation of the people from that company, but uh, we really clicked that day, and uh, and that's the kind of entertainer I am. I, I'm not a I always say I'm a comedian by accident. Always say that. And uh, because I always had that talent and uh, it became a job for me. It became uh, because, uh, you know, due to the situation, I, I left to learn to, to, to be an engineer when I left and I became, <laughs> I came back in Haiti an entertainer. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, and, and there's always two blessings in life. The first blessing is the talent that God gives you. That's, that's, that's one blessing. But the biggest, the bigger blessing is what can you do with the talent? Because most of us on the, on earth, we have a talent, but we don't use it. We don't use it enough. And what I'm saying by, what I've been saying by what can you do with your talent? It's, what do you do with your talent? What, how can you change the world? How can you make it a better place? How can you live to your responsibility with the talent? That's a blessing right there. And how you, you're going to leave the legacy of uh, when you leave. That's one of my motto is when I leave, I want to leave my place, not the world, maybe not the world, but why not? But leave it a better place. When they say your name, it's sweet respect, love. That's it, man. As they say in basketball in America, they talk about going downtown. Kako, very early in this podcast, he went right downtown into the paint. I'm loving it already. Thank you so much. Kako, can you tell our audience right around the world, tell them a little bit about your upbringing, Kako? in Haiti, a little bit about the little boy who had an inspiration to maybe make a big difference in the world? Yes. Well, uh, what I've been doing, like uh, I created a foundation called Kakos Kids and uh, since 2008, and it was named Smile Project first. It, I changed the name to Kakos Kids after, but the, the real name is Smile Project because uh, the fact that I'm working on making people laugh, I think it's easy to make people laugh. You know, you you pay money, you go to a show, you buy a movie, and laugh is buyable. But smile, it's a nev it's another level. Once you can make a child smile, you touch his soul. So that's why it was called Smile Project, and I wanted to to be able to bring smile, to bring hope to the kids. And way before I was a, an actor, a well-known, I, I must confess I'm very blessed and lucky because uh, I, I, I've been accepted by the, you know, Haiti is very small. So I've been accepted by the, the whole crowd. And it's, I started in 1992. So I grew up to be a comedian with them. You know, so with my flows, with my errors, and they accepted me. You know, so it was easy for me, I would say, you know. But 
way before I was uh, I became a well-known comedian, I was always doing trying to help the 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 needy, the kids. When I was in school, I told my school, my director, to give me two classrooms after school so I can bring kids that can't go to school and I can teach them how to read, how to write their name, and how to write in Creole. So I've been doing that way before. So the fact that I became a well-known, so I used that to put it on a on a bigger screen to do two things, to inspire. To, uh, before to help the needy, the, the 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 unfortunate, and everything, and also the the main reason also is to inspire other people that can the fortunate to do as much to do something, because uh, I always try to bring together the fortunate and the unfortunate so they can talk, so they can relate, so they can have a conversation, and because. The problem in Haiti is the group, the upper group is there, the lower group is there, and no one knows each other. And probably they don't like each other without even knowing why, you know. So when they come together and and they have a sense of the, the, the fortunate, if Kaku does it, why can I do it too? Why can I try to do it? And I always tell them it's people who, who try to give, they will probably be discouraged by continue because they don't have the heart. I understand that. But once you help one soul, one kid, it's enough. You have to empower them. And maybe that soul kid that you help, that you change his life, might be the next president. He might be the next deputy. He might be the next coach. He might be the next teacher. And this guy that you help will help other generations. So that only bucket that you save might be 1,000 kids without you knowing it, you know? But Kako, where, where did this come from? Where did this soul and spirit and mindset come from? Uh, hard to explain. It's it's me. And uh, and uh, I don't know. The, the more I give, the happier I am. The The... Uh, sometimes I might start a project, and uh, I'm telling you, I, I'm I'm like that. I'm I'm redheaded. I, I want to do it, and I start it. And then even if I don't have the whole budget ready, if I don't have the, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure it's gonna. But somehow I start it because in Haiti also we we're tired as a society to buy dreams from a paper. I can show you the building, the next film I'm going to bring. It's going to be like that. There's, there's a million lie also, you know. But me, I rather start it and you come join me and help me finish it. So that's the way I, I see things. And and uh, I'm not going to be selfish, but that's a secret that I'm going to give you. The more I give, the more I receive. The more blessing i get the more happier i am and and uh the more for i'm talking higher now spirit the more protection i get here the more respect so that's my line no one can take it away from me and that's what i do you know and uh the more i i get older i'm going away from the comedy i'm trying to bring new kids now 
I, I produce them. I give them uh, good, uh, you know, advice and everything. I go less and less on on tours, on shows. If if it's a good contract, I would not say no, because the way we see it, the more Kako as a comedian exists, the further Kako's kids will go, until Kako's kid is ready to just fly by itself. When I went to Haiti, I was inspired by you and your friend, Jack. I was inspired by the shows that we did. But to be honest with you, I was hugely inspired by the people. Their sense of positivity and optimism and almost energy, that entrepreneurial spirit you could see in every street corner. But also, I could not miss the buildings that had been destroyed, of course, back in that amazingly difficult earthquake in 2010, I think it was the 12th of January. And it really shook me to the core, the adversity that your people have been through, Kako. It shook me to the core when I seen those ladies' eyes, the strength and resilience in their eyes, but the poverty they were living in, Kako. So can you paint a picture of 2010 to our audience around the world in the context of what we're going through today? Oh wow, that's a that's that was really a a sad day for Haiti. It was uh, on January twelfth. Let's start by saying we lost at least three hundred thousand people, and Haiti wasn't ready, wasn't ready at all for that for that day. And and even in that, as a Haitian, as Haitian, we don't even talk about earthquake anymore i mean it's it's so raw and uh and uh that that day was like just you know you, you see hell you know i was in Petionville. i can give you my personal experience i had to leave my car all the way like like 45 minutes because the traffic was nobody could move luckily i was outside so i wasn't in a house and we consider ourselves lucky because at that time that it came, it was like 5.44. It wasn't school day. I mean, school was already done. If, imagine if it was during school, that would be like a mess. And uh, my first experience, I want to talk about it. To, to tell you just one story and then you can imagine the rest, right? I, I, I had to work with a, a, a ONG. Uh, a, uh, a group that came to with a psychologue to talk to the kids, right? Because they needed a translator, they needed a, a known guy to go and talk to people. And one kid said in front of me, and that that was like it it shocked me. He was going to his home that day, but he did something wrong at school that day, right? And the teacher told him, you're not coming back to school tomorrow if you don't bring your parents. So this guy is walking home, afraid of uh, telling his parents that. And he prayed that they make something happen that I don't have to go to school tomorrow. And he finished that sentence and the earthquake. 
studied. So this guy, as we're speaking, he believes that he prayed for that earthquake. So that's one story. And uh, it, it's crazy. It's 3,000 people. And what's the most the most hard about it is you left like uh, the people leaving, but they lost their parents. They lost their mom. Uh, a lot of people became amputated, you know, no legs, no after. And then uh, it showed us also we are very, very thankful for the whole sympathy, empathy that we created around the world. And uh, we had, a, we had, it's in past tense, for one week, we had a unity in Haiti. That is, I never saw that. Everybody was helping someone else. I mean, I left Petroville to go to Chujo. It's like, it was a two hour, two hour walk. It took me five hours to, 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 to get to my mom's job at that time because while walking down, you were helping everybody else, you know? And then when I came, my mom was just out of the, of the, under the wobbles. She's, she was okay and everything, but to tell you, you forget, there's a sense of forgetting who you are just by helping other people. And we had that one week. Too bad. I don't think Haiti has that unity again. We lost it. And that's one point that I'm always trying to bring up is uh, every time we unite, we did something crazy, like something big, like uh, independence, like, uh, you know, Haiti, the soul. Every time we do it, we do extraordinary things. Why don't we do it every day, you know? And uh, it's it's a black, for me, it's a black moment for Haiti. But of course, I always see good things in bad things. That's, that's me. And when I talk about earthquake, I always see before anything else, whatever what I saw that day, the unity that it created, the love, the respect, the self I mean, it was amazing. I mean, people, we only could uh, go around the city by motorcycle because people left their car with keys and everything. So the, the street were blocked and everything. And the guy working as a motorcycle, he's not charging you. You need to go that place, he's going to help you. You know, you take another moto. And he was like, Crazy. There's a guy I know, he never went to his home like three days after because he had a motorcycle. He was keeping moving people from, from you know, and, but I think uh, if we could go back to that unity, Haiti would be so much, so much better. We, we did crazy thing with the unity. And even our flag said, l'union fait la force. When, you, when we unite, it gives us power. I don't think we respect it enough. <laughs> and, and Kago, can you tell us that amazing little sentence or quote about behind one mountain lies another mountain? First of all, it's how, I mean, how we are built in Haiti. Once you go up a hill, you go down, there's always one after it. That's basically, it's 
from where we are. But there's two ways of seeing it also. You never finish uh, do yourself, I mean, trying to be good. You never reach that. So there's always one hill, and once you take you on top, you're probably going down, and you have to go up back also. That's that's the second one. And the third one is, it's like, I would say, if you can understand, it's like a karma thing. What you can do to me, I can do to you. You know, so not even I can do to you. The, the karma will get you back, you know. So always be careful on once you can, like, uh, uh, climb up a hill, don't don't be cocky because there's another one higher after, you know? <laughs> what a message. What a message for our listeners around the world. Kako, we're going to change tracks and talk about comedy for a little while. How much do you think comedy is linked to being resilient for children or for adults in difficult times like COVID or after an earthquake. How much do you think comedy and having a laugh or smiling is linked to people getting through really difficult times? Oh, that's that's even on the, like the big market, the big country. It's, it's an anti-stress, the laughing, being happy, it's already one good medication, especially in Haiti. And that's how we live. We, we tend to joke on our misery, on our whatever happened to us. I mean, people, I don't know, in Haiti, but someone fall down in front of you. you. You start laughing before you go help, you know? And that's the way we express it. And that's why, and they're not dumb, all the big company. They use Comedian to to be their brand ambassador. To be you their... think you think, hold on a second, Kako. You think the biggest companies in the world that use Kako as their comedian or obviously as a famous actor as well, you think part of the rationale for that is to motivate and to entertain their employees around the world to de-stress them. Yes. 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 I think so. I think it's a, a, great, a great way also. And in Haiti, it's comedy and music. And, and Kako, tell me a little bit about COVID and Kako's kids. When I spoke to you in the middle of 2020, we were talking to different companies around the world. They kindly funded a lot of money to help us send a lot of money over to Haiti, to Kako's kids, so you could help children who are orphans, or you can help children who don't have a, a nice home to go to or any home to go to, and you can get them some clothes or maybe even buy them a football. I know you also, for some of those young girls and boys, you built a football pitch to allow them to play, even in the middle of the coronavirus. Can you give our listeners around the world a little story about the coronavirus, how it's impacted the community and the children and the elderly ladies? And gentlemen, tell us a little bit about that, please, Kako. That was uh, really a scary, scary, scary for me. When I heard about COVID, when I was 
when I started reading about that uh, COVID and when it was in China first, then Europe after the United States, so it's coming down to us. And I was like, man, I mean, there's there's no way Haiti's going to survive that. There's no way because we're not medical medically i mean uh, the doctor the system is not ready for it i mean i see how covid-19 is like killing europe is killing united states of america so how are we going to survive that especially the way we live we live like 10 people in one like two rooms and we live day by day when i say we it's like uh, the majority of the population, right? They have to go out every day for their food to bring back home. So even if you don't go out, there's someone in the house that goes out to go get the disease and come back with it. So it, it was a complete mess for us. But I have that, that talent. I always try to cope with the situation. I get the the news, it 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 shocked me and then that's it, Kako, what what you gonna do? You know, you have a time to reflect. And what I was reading and listening to the I I heard every time you have to wash your hands. That's one way to lower the contamination and everything. And I joke on it and I said, man, Haiti, not they, we don't have Anywhere to wash your hands. Like, what do you mean? There's nowhere to wash your hands. You mean no sinks in the houses? What do you mean? We have a problem of uh, potable water everywhere. I mean, uh, I'm I'm blessed. I have a home. I can have like two fish. I have I have to pay for water. I can pay for water. I'm blessed for that. But the majority of the kids that I'm working with, Kako's kids, Haiti, they don't have that luxury. It's luxury here. They go to school in a in a classroom that's supposed to be like 20 kids. They're like 60. So how are we going to prevent that contamination, you know? So I decided, uh, I mean, not decided, I saw it. A guy named Fabrice Calix, I saw him on Instagram. Luckily, he posted it. He did a, 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 a barrel. And it did a, a, a robinet, I don't know how to say it. Uh, uh, and then he filled it with water and put soap in it. And then his only job, he put it outside his home. So people that go by can wash their hands before they go home or go to work. And he posted it locally. I didn't have that idea. And I tell him, man, that's, that's, and I called him. I contacted him. I didn't know him that well. And then, man, you see that idea? We have to take it to the next level. And then, boom, I reposted him. And then, there it is. Uh, the story is, after like probably three months, we did like 4,000 barrels all over Haiti. So Kako's Kids was the sponsor of putting 4,000 barrels all over the streets of Haiti to help children and their mommies or daddies or maybe grandmothers to wash their hands. We, we don't have the water. We don't have the, we just did the barrel and fix it. And we kind of located 4,000 people that can put water every, it's like you buy that barrel, you help us do it. 
and then you take care of putting water and soap in front of your house. So that's the connection we created, you know. And then luckily, COVID didn't uh, do, I don't know, that's a, it's another miracle. It's an all. I don't know. I don't know if it's the balance, but I don't know if it's the weather, but it's probably not the weather because just aside us, Dominican Republic had a problem with it. We, we don't have that many. I don't know. I can't explain, but God has saved us from what I anticipated. Well, thankfully, God has saved you, and I hope God continues to save everybody in your family, your community, in your country, Kago. For people listening around the world who have thought that the coronavirus has been a disaster and that it's the end of the world and that there's no light at the end of the tunnel, what humorous message would you have for them? For a man that himself and his family and community and country got through incredible adversity in the earthquake, what humor would you give to people who think that there's no end in sight for this pandemic? Like I say, I always see the positive. I was saying the other day, how come in 2021, the technology that the world has, Europe, United States, I mean, we're not in 1920. How can we not, I don't want to get involved in it, but how can we not seeing the end of a pandemic? But then again, when it first started, when you see, and what I'm saying is probably when when someone is listening right now, lost a, a loved one, a close one, he will think about it also. But the first message is we are nothing. We are just very small things in the world. We can't control anything. But what can we control is the love that we give, how we can make our place a better place. There's a lot of new things that created from COVID. I mean, there's a lot of big company that saying probably, I don't need 1,000 employees because I survive with 500 at their home. So the message is not for the company. It's for the 500 that lost their job right now. What can you do? How can you get better? Just by being home, by you can be present, so much present by just being there. Use the the technology, use the net. And I is doing a podcast. I'm telling my kids every day, education is not only in school, you get it. You can get advantage of everything. The minute, the mega, the megabyte that you get, you can use it the way you want. You want to see, you want to watch porno, you want to watch uh, something funny, you want to watch, but you can learn and get better and make the world a better place and be personally advanced because COVID showed us how you can express anything, your talent and everything. That's my lesson. The last word to Kako Bergeli in Haiti. Kako, you inspire me about my own life and becoming a better person. You inspire your community about what's really important, about looking after children with very difficult backgrounds, 
And yes, I think you inspire the whole Haitian population all around the world. The last word, Takako. There's a saying in Haiti. I don't know how to translate it, but it said, God knows how to give, but he doesn't know how to spread. So I believe that some of us are very lucky to be born, like, you know, fortunate, wealthy, and especially in Haiti, in Haiti, countries like Haiti, there's less and less opportunities for the majority of... Uh, some people are just born with conditions that are not easy to overcome. So we need a sense of purpose. I, I, we were talking about sense of purpose. Sense of purpose is how you can make someone better, someone feeling better, someone to, with dignity and also to help them become a better person for him and for their family. And don't ever think that if you're helping just one, it's not enough, and then you don't do it. It will make a difference. Not even for you, for that person, and for the whole line after that person. Everybody should do it. Even the unfortunate one. You have to empower those kids because you can't be at a million places. You can't be a million kaku. Like Diamond Gemon, what goes around comes around. You send good stuff, you send good vibes. I'm guaranteeing the good vibes gonna come also. When you send out good, whatever you send out is gonna come out, come back. So send good, send good vibes and good vibes will be even better, even stronger. In French, ce que tu envoies, te retourne en créole, sans s'aimer, c'est lui récolté. What, what you plant is what you get. What an inspirational interview from the famous Kako Bourgeois. Thanks for joining us all the way from Port-au-Prince. Thank you so much, Enda. Thank you so much, and thank you for being uh, a friend. Thank you for helping me. That guy is supporting Kako's kids like it's the same love, bro. You've been listening to the Rise podcast series, helping you to develop your strength, leadership, and resilience in these remarkable times. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Andy McNulty. Thank you for listening.